Hello and welcome to Chic Talk, a podcast from the Swine Health Information Center. Today's episode is a special edition hosted by Chic Executive Director Dr. Paul Sundberg and Associate Director Dr. Megan Niederwerder. The two visited with Dr. Daryl Holkamp, professor at Iowa State University College of Veterinary Medicine, about a new tool that has been designed for veterinarians. This standardized outbreak investigation form is available now on the Schick website at swinehealth.org. Let's listen to Dr. Sundberg, Nita Werder, and Holkamp as they explain this new investigative tool and how it can be used by all veterinarians. So good afternoon, folks. I'm Paul Sundberg. I'm the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center. Um, this afternoon, I've got Dr. Megan Niederwerder. She's the Associate Director of the Swine Health Information Center, and Dr. Daryl Holtkamp with Iowa State University Veterinary Diagnostic and Production Animal Medicine Department, an Associate uh, Professor in VD-PAM. And uh, our purpose for this afternoon is to introduce you to the um, Rapid Response Program and what we see as a very important next step to the rapid response program in the development of a standardized outbreak investigation instrument and some future plans about how that instrument's gonna be used and how we're looking to um, help the whole pork industry, help by, by being able to analyze data, mine some data and provide some information. So as a little bit of background, when PED broke in 2013, and um, we had weekly conference calls about PED. And one of, the, one of the common questions was, why did this farm break, not that farm? Because this farm seemed to have high biosecurity. Things were, things were supposed to be going well on this farm and they broke with PED and all these other farms that have low biosecurity don't break at all. So our, our effort then was to, investigate that. Okay, if if that's happening, we've got to learn lessons from that so we can tell people why a farm's breaking. And we came up with the concept of a rapid response team when we learn about those and we're invited out onto the farm to try to figure out how the outbreak happened. There are uh, diagnosticians, um, virologists, epidemiologists, veterinarians, practicing veterinarians who were uh, willing to go out and take a look at that and give us an idea about what happened. So we had response teams that went out. They were not rapid. It took a couple of weeks sometimes to try to organize them because we had to fly people across the country. And that led to, let's do something different. Let's form actual rapid response teams. And with Dr. Holtkamp's help, um, we formed the rapid response program that has divided up the country into six different areas. And our objective is to have trained individuals in each of those areas, such that when we're invited out for an outbreak investigation, we can be on the farm within 72 hours. So that's some real general background about the program. So Daryl, talk to them about um, your background with PADRAP and, and really what led us into the investigation of outbreaks from your perspective. Yeah, thanks for the introduction, Paul. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, my uh, my interest uh, in biosecurity goes goes way back um, here, all the way back to uh, uh, some of you may recall uh, ADRAP 
and uh, started working on that in 2004. And it was uh, basically just a biosecurity survey. And one of the things that I was always frustrated uh, at the end of, of those surveys, when we get done and had all the information, uh, you know, the, the frequent question was, well, okay, so, um, you know, what do I need to focus on next? What do I need to do? Right. And uh, we never could quite uh, give them a good answer to that we couldn't really prioritize where they should spend their resources. And so um, that was kind of the genesis of my interest in outbreak investigations. Uh, and, and what I uh, uh, had done a few uh, investigations, uh, had done kind of a survey of, of what others were doing. And, um, you know, it, as, as everyone uh, would know, or not surprising, uh, you know, it's kind of all over the board what people were doing for outbreak investigations, what veterinarians specifically were doing for those. And, and so we started uh, down this path of, of trying to do that in a way that was a little bit more methodical, uh, try to be comprehensive and, and systematic about how we approached it. And uh, the timing was, I guess, uh, maybe fortuitous that, that about the time we had developed uh, kind of an early version of that uh, with some funding from the Iowa Pork Producers Association, uh, we were mainly focused on PERS uh, virus at that time, then PD hit in 2013. And so um, Paul, as you recall, uh, I, I, I was one of those. Uh, I ended up flying out uh, uh, to the West Coast and doing an investigation out there. And uh, I can remember, uh, uh, I think we started talking uh, about uh, 8.30 in the morning. By 5 o'clock, I had a, had a flight already set up and plans to get out there. But um, but yes, um, you know, we, we didn't uh, probably uh, have a systematic way of going about doing that, though. And, and uh, there were several um, funded uh, several investigations funded by uh, Pork Board at that time. Uh, and uh, I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to kind of summarize those. And, and I got to see kind of how everybody approached those, uh, what types of information they collected and so forth. And, and again, just what I had, I had seen before, there was really no consistency there, kind of all over the board. And so that was kind of the genesis. And, and, and so from there, uh, you know, uh, three years later, then uh, Paul, you mentioned the Raptor Response Program. Uh, that's when we uh, we funded that, and then the idea was to base you know what we had created or what we've been working on the previous three years uh, for PERS virus and now uh, now PED, then uh, use that as the basis for uh, for doing this. And so, uh, as part of that, we created this rapid response team, uh, gave them some training on on use of the instrument, uh, developed it in in a Word document, so it was it was editable. Uh, you could take it and tweak it for your own purposes. Um, and, and that's kind of where we went along for, for several years. And then, uh, um, with, again, with some funding from Schick, uh, in 2021, we put together a working group of uh, individuals, veterinarians and academics uh, to create uh, what, what we hoped would be an industry standard after that. And so our hope was to take what we had developed, uh, get some input from practicing veterinarians, um, uh, tell us where we were being unreasonable about things or maybe missing some things. Uh, get that input and then come up and uh, propose an industry standard. And so that's what we did. And then now recently we're taking that version and, and, and developing a web-based uh, version of that program to, to hopefully make this more accessible to uh, all veterinarians and producers. So why is it important to have a standard outbreak investigation form? We're trying to get, we've got different investigation forms in, in different farms, companies, and practices around the country why is it important to have a standardized form, one that everybody can use, if everybody can agree to use one form? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, Paul. And, I, you know, I think there's several answers to that. One, probably the most important, in my opinion, is, um, you know, we we have the opportunity, I think, to learn from our collective uh, 
uh, learnings. If we're if we're doing these roughly the same, if we're following a similar approach, uh, recording similar types of information, uh, then we don't have to be constrained any longer to just what we learn from our our individual investigations that we do. We can start to look for patterns, right? What are the common hazards that show up? What are the common mistakes? What are the common routes of transmission, right? Then we can start to uh, to learn more from our collective experience, so to speak, okay? The other uh, the other advantage I see here too is, is that um, it goes back to our veterinary curriculum. And, and I, this is a, a stain on myself, I guess, is because I'm involved in, in that, in that we, you know, we learn lots of things while we're in vet school, uh, but one of them uh, is not uh, how to conduct an outbreak investigation. We don't, we didn't learn any terminology. We didn't learn any approaches to doing that. Uh, we're kind of, we're just throwing out there uh, with the little bit of epidemiology uh, knowledge that we we hopefully picked up along the way uh, and, and and then trying to do these in a way that uh, is going to be effective. And and again, it, I had multiple opportunities to look at how others did these and, and rarely were they comprehensive. Um, what I felt often happened was, you know, individuals had their kind of their pet peeve that they were focused on. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was uh, uh, semen entry. Maybe it was uh, um, uh, feed. Maybe it was air uh, aerosol spread. Whatever it was, they seemed to focus a lot on that, uh, and then everything else would kind of get ignored, right? And so um, I saw uh, an opportunity there to standardize to make it more more consistent, make it more comprehensive, and and just to do these more systematically. To be more effective, I think, and that's Paul. I think the in a kind of a nutshell is the main reason, uh, the main benefit for doing uh, for having an industry standard way to do these. Yeah. We're all kind of held hostage by our prejudices, and when we think, "Oh, well, this is what caused it," I'm going to find that reason for that to be the cause. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're one of, one of the PED investigations in particular, 90% of it was on guilt entry and they had made up their mind. I think that was what brought the PED in and <laughs> that was about all they covered. So uh, that's not uncommon. Daryl, you mentioned that the form, of course, is on, it's downloadable on the, the SHIC website. And so anyone can go and access that downloadable form and even use it right now in outbreak investigations. And really the goal within it is that it's a comprehensive list of potential hazards and entry points for pathogens. But as you're filling out the form, there's definitely some details and data that individuals should have available to them as they're preparing to fill out the form. You mentioned semen and feed deliveries, and of course, pig deliveries. Are there any other um, details that individuals should have available as they're going to fill out that form? Yeah, Megan, uh, and that that form, uh, the Word document uh, is available on on SHIC's website. You can go to swinehealth.org, uh, and it's under the Emerging Diseases tab there, and and you can find that document and some other resources out there as well. Um, one of the challenges with doing these uh, uh, with a Word document, though, is is that we don't really have the opportunity to recover that information afterwards, and so. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we developed the web-based uh, program that's going to be coming later this uh, this uh, uh, late spring, early summer, uh, we hope. And and uh, the idea there is is to not only make it more accessible, easier to use, uh, but then also easier to capture that data after we do these. You know, that's a, a we've got kind of a model for that, the capturing of that data um, the, in our swine disease reporting system. 
with the veterinary diagnostic labs. Prior to that development of that program, the veterinary diagnostic labs were reporting their test results all in a different way, not unlike having out outbreak investigation forms all in a different manner. And yeah. we were able to standardize how they reported. So then we can start mining and looking for disease trends and for disease um, outbreaks for emerging diseases that may show up. You might have a you might have something at the Iowa State University Veterinary Diagnostic Lab that came from Texas, and the same thing in the Minnesota Diagnostic Lab came from Pennsylvania. And, and if those things aren't standardized, you don't know that they could be related. This is an opportunity to standardize outbreak investigations in the same manner so we can get a database that we can mine and we can analyze to see what's out there and what's going on. We may find some surprises. We'll probably find some of our biases and say, oh, yeah, we knew that was going on. But I'm hopeful that we're going to find some surprises, too. Yeah. No, I think that that's exactly right, Paul. And, and that's, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we are have been careful uh, about including uh, some closed-ended questions in in the investigation form as well. Uh, when we do these, the intent is to do them in an open-ended discussion. Uh, but as you're doing that, you're capturing that information in a closed-ended way. Uh, so again, that can end up in a database, and it's all done in a standardized way. So that that uh, again doesn't matter who does the investigation. Uh, we can put that in that common data set then, and and then again start to learn from our collective uh, wisdom then, or collective learning that way. Yeah. Daryl, can you talk a little bit about after people fill out the web-based form? And I know this is sort of in the future, but once they fill out the web-based form, what kind of outputs are will come back to the user in either a report form or information that could then help guide them to prioritize the risks on their specific site? Yeah. Uh, Megan, we're gonna we're gonna put together uh, two reports. Uh, there will be a, a what we'll call a full report uh, that uh, will contain all the information that was learned during the investigation, uh, and then there will be a, a shorter uh, executive summary that uh, we expect most people uh, would would typically read. Then um, the uh, full report uh, will be. Uh, organized just as the investigation form is organized. So uh, we have sections in there uh, to describe the outbreak, uh, describe the characteristics of the of the site, of the herd, uh, of the surrounding area, and so forth. Uh, and then uh, the majority of the of the form is organized by what we call entry events. And so any anytime something comes onto the farm uh, that could be potentially infected or contaminated with the virus, and we call those pathogen carrying agents, uh, then then uh, that uh, we we describe that as an entry event. And, and so the form is organized uh, by those entry events. Um, it, it's uh, for the breeding herd. And so we have an entry of semen, uh, removal of wean pigs, uh, removal of calls, entry of breeding gills, things like that, entry of employees. Um, and, and so uh, the report, just like the form, will be organized in that same way. Uh, we're also uh, using uh, the concept of the three failures. And so we talk about uh, the three failures as being the three things that have to happen uh, for a pathogen carrying agent to uh, car uh, carry a pathogen from one place to to an up to a herd. And those three failures being uh, uh, the carrying agent gets contaminated or infected. Uh, the second failure is a failure to mitigate that. And then the third failure typically happens after that pathogen carrying agent shows up at the farm uh, with an entry event. 
Uh, and then that the third failure is that that pathogen will get transmitted from the pathogen carrying agent to the pigs in the herd. And so we're gonna we're gonna try to summarize things in the full report and the uh, executive summary uh, along uh, the lines of those three failures. Right. So not only can you identify uh, by event what the hazards are, what's and you can also identify then specifically what what failures each one's associated with and. The whole purpose of doing that then is to to facilitate the process of prioritizing, right? So, again, going back to that question that I was frustrated with with PADRAP uh, was, okay, so what do we do? What do we spend our resources, our time, our money on? What do we need to focus on first um, as you know as the biggest risk or biggest hazard? And so, it's uh, the, the reports we're setting those up uh, to facilitate that process of prioritizing uh, what we need to do uh, work on uh, initially. So the the word documents available now on the SHIC website, as you said, um, and we will have the electronic electronic form on a website available this spring, this summer. Um, do you have a timeline for what they can expect? Yeah, Paul, I'm going to leave it a little open. We we have some beta testing to do, um, depending on how quickly we get that done. Uh, should be later this spring or early summer. I suspect we will be able to get that out there and start uh, letting uh, other individuals uh, have access to it. Yep. And then, and then in the the Schick 2023 budget and plan of work and budget, we've got budget for training events for training people how to use this thing, for showing them what to do, how to use it, and what they can expect. Whether you're a member of the rapid response team or not. We encourage everybody to download the, the word form right now, get familiar with it, and use it on your own farms and your own investigations. That's fine. But to look for the opportunity to do that as a web uh, experience in the pretty near future, and we'll have, we'll have training programs and a lot of training information on swinehealth.org to help supplement that and make sure that it's going to be effective for people. Yeah, yeah, we will have some training opportunities. Now, I would say the you know the program is is fairly uh, simple to use uh, once you uh, once you kind of get onto it, um, and so I don't expect there necessarily will be a lot of training uh, specifically about how to use the program, um, but a little bit. And then the other aspect of that is some of the the, the concepts. Uh, you know, I mentioned the the concept of the three failures, right? And and and. Uh, I've been trying to get the word out on on that. Uh, part of what this working group did that that came, you know, that uh, sort of finalized or developed the uh, what we're proposing to be the industry standard outbreak investigation is is to include some new terminology uh, again and, and, and descriptions of those of the approaches that we're following. Uh, and, and as I mentioned before, that's just something that's not uh, has not been in in our veterinary curriculum. And so there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there too, Paul. And uh, I, I do, I'm very confident in, you know, what we have put together and, and, uh, and, you know, the terminology, I think makes sense. Words matter, right? We, we work pretty hard to, to try to come up with some, uh, some relevant terminology or terminology that makes sense, if you will. And, and so that will be part of the, the training as well. Uh, Paul, while I have the, the floor, I will mention too, that when we roll this out, um, uh, there will be some some initial setup, and and we do have a, a program administrator in place that uh, will be available to help get a company set up, and then uh, every company will have one person designated as a company administrator, 
And, and so again, we're going to, we're going to control that part of the process simply because we don't want to want that to be a free for all, uh, for the sake of security of the data and, um, uh, you know, making sure that we don't give uh, people access to things that they shouldn't get access to. And so there will be parts of this early on that we're going to control. Um, but once you're set up, you know, once a company's set up and you have a company administrator, um, you know, the individuals within that company, including veterinarians, will be able to take it from there. I expect it's not just companies, it's practices as well, right? Practitioners and practices as well yep. as production companies. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oftentimes the practices work with multiple companies as well, and so we'll we'll be able to accommodate that too. Yeah. So um, you you said security. You use the term security. So let's give people a heads up on on the confidentiality and the security points for the web entry. Um, PED taught us a lot about working together, being stronger working together than working separately. But there also is sensitivity about, uh, about giving out information. And sure. we wanna make sure that we're, we're good with, um, if, if there's an entry on this website as we go, and if there's entry into a Word document or it's entered into a website, how do people know what's gonna, what's gonna Going to be the identifiers are going to be put together, and how do how can people have confidence in that? Yeah, sure. So, and and of course, we we can provide uh, as much detail as as anyone uh, would like to see about um, what we're doing to uh, to assure that that the data uh, is secure and 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 it's not going to be shared. But bottom line, though, we're we're not going to share. Um, well, information will get shared within a company, and so you can. If you will imagine walls around the company, um, any identifying information will would be shared again within the company, but not uh, outside the company. And so, um, we'll we'll get once we have that set up, uh, everything will be user uh, name and password controlled, uh, and then the company administrator then will will have uh, the ability then to assign uh, other other people within the company, including veterinarians that uh, that will be able to get access to the information. Uh, we also will have the ability to uh, provide some different functionality within a company. So, for example, if if a person would only be, or if the company administrator only wants them to be able to read, um, let's say, for example, a report or uh, read uh, information in a form, uh, they can set it up that way too, or they can give them full access to do uh, anything, um, you know, including uh, create form or create investigations. Uh, go in there and, and edit them, add information, and then generate reports. So some of that functionality will be there as well. Um, but as far as the, the security, making sure that you know uh, that the data doesn't get breached, uh, Iowa State has a long history. The data will be stored as a survey here. Uh, uh, sorry, a server uh, here at Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State has a long history. We have uh, experts that uh, uh, know what they're doing um, uh, with that. Uh, and again, we we're happy to provide uh, any information, any details about that um, uh, to anyone that would have concerns about that. But uh, I, I will say, too, though, that um, with permission, there will be a, a, an agreement that we'll have in place that uh, uh, at the start of this uh, that will outline kind of uh, the expectations and what we can and cannot do. Um, but one thing we will outline in that is, is that we will uh, retain the, the right uh, or ability to 
uh, use data anonymously in an aggregated uh, way. And so, again, to facilitate that, that sort of the community learning or the uh, opportunity to learn from each other uh, that we want to we want to cultivate with this, uh, we are going to reserve the right to uh, do aggregate analysis and then publish uh, results from that, uh, the aggregate, aggregate analysis, but then, of course, no, no, um, uh, individual uh, or company identifications will ever be be shared with that though yep all learn we all learn better together than we do separately that's right there's a lot to learn from the outbreak investigation and there's a lot of uh lessons to be learned from standardized data entry and collection and so well, thank you for your update daryl we really appreciate your work on the uh, outbreak investigation form and we'd encourage anyone, of course, to um, download the Word version now to become familiar with the form, to start using it. And then we will um, continue to keep you posted on the availability of the web-based version on swinehealth.org. And of course, encourage anyone with questions to reach out to uh, us or Daryl and uh, look forward to continuing to see the work in this area. Thanks, Daryl. All right. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for joining Shik Talk today. As a reminder, Shik is made possible by Pork Checkoff Funding, and our mission is to protect and enhance the health of the U.S. swine herd. We do that through coordinated global and domestic disease monitoring, targeted research investments, and analysis of swine health data. Thank you for your time today, and please have a good day.